fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into the program. It is the middle of the week, the greatest day of the entire week. I don't care what anyone says. We are the eternal optimists, and we will stay that way as we do every single day here on this show. Have no fear. The Voice of Reason is here for you all over again. As we get ready to rock out a Wednesday, welcome into it. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, and however else you like to watch us, listen to us. Always a pleasure. Love you to death. Appreciate you. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. I am especially excited today because... It is, at least here in the Mid-America region, based out of Kansas, We this is one of the last days that we're expecting to see triple digits. It's going to slowly decline, and by this weekend, it's supposed to be in like the high 80s, which compared to the 106, 104 degrees that we've had, I can deal with that, and I can enjoy it. Apparently, even on Sunday, I'm supposed to get some rain. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know. Maybe, just maybe. We can get some positive news. My grass was so nice all summer long. It was rainy. It was nice and cool. I was actually mowing it on a regular, consistent basis. It was nice and green, getting a little bit full. Like two weeks, man. Done. Burnt out, and it's like dying off. And I'm not watering it. I'm not doing that. To hell with that. I'm just, it just makes me not have to mow it anymore, so I'm okay with the way it's going. Welcome into the show. we got a lot to talk about. At the same time, while we're having drought and extreme heat across most of America right now, and it's really hot. We see farmers struggling to try and feed their livestock like cattle across the, you know, Kansas and Oklahoma and Nebraska and Texas and this whole area. I know for those that live on the coast or live elsewhere, that may not be pertinent to you. But for us, we've gone through a major drought cycle. And uh, there are more cattle being sold off right now and being slaughtered than usually at this time of year, which is really bad because while we have maybe a surplus of meat right now, and the prices aren't going down, thanks Biden inflation and Biden uh, Bidenomics that are trying to say things are really good. While that may be trying to keep prices somewhat low right now, in the future, it's going to be really bad because there's going to be less cattle in the market for them to actually take to the slaughter. And therefore, we're going to see a run on some of the cattle uh, prices here relatively soon. Just my humble opinion, no um, investment advice in any way, shape or form there, but just from what I'm seeing coming from this portion of the country. At the same time, Because of this extreme heat, because of this extreme drought, because the hospitals are saying that they're seeing more people come in with heat issues, we're, of course, getting this argument in the mainstream media that right now it's climate change, it's global warming. And in fact, Hillary Clinton came out and said that it's all the fault of the Republicans and MAGA individuals. But yet, is that true? I'm not not sure that it is. Not sure that it is. So I guess we'll take it. You know, cool. If you give us credit for like a life altering stuff like climate change, then, man, we have a lot more power than uh, what we think we do. And you're giving it all to us. So we appreciate that. But at the same time, let's go to the other side of the world for just a moment. We have, according to uh, AccuWeather.com, I would think a relatively reputable source when it comes to weather related incidents right now in Beijing, China. We got to do it in the Donald Trump name, China. 
More than 800,000 individuals have been forced to relocate around the Beijing area after 30 inches of rain has triggered some of the worst flooding in the city's history, relating it to biblical times, according to the weather. Now, I don't know about you, but that I'm pretty sure that reaffirms the fact that climate change is just happening where different weather patterns are happening in different parts of the world. So just because it's really hot in the United States and dry in the United States right now doesn't mean that we're just in a drought where uh, global warming's taking over and we're not getting any more rain and it's going to kill everything off. Because in another part of the world, they're getting record, global records of rain right now and relocating almost a million individuals out of their homes in the city of uh, uh, Beijing in that area. So just to put things in perspective for you, Democrats, well done. You continue to look foolish every time that you say that we're just seeing class. Well, Andy, that's not normal either. Well, guess what? Unnormal things happen. The most consistent thing that the earth does is being consistent, and that's all we have to remember. Let's get into what's trending. We have a lot to talk about today. What's trending today? No, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but I just had to bring that up. I just thought that was relatively ironic. Bottom of the hour, we have Allison Young. She is the author of the book Pandora's Gamble. We're going to talk about the more information that's beginning to be leaked out. Remember, the truth always comes out in the end, no matter whether you try to hide it, whether you try to suppress it, whether you try to ignore it, or whether you try to distract from it. Doesn't really matter that the truth always comes out in the end. And right now we're getting more information on what was hidden from us during the COVID-19 pandemic. So we'll talk with Allison about that at the bottom of the hour. It is truly fascinating with the lies that are being spread across the nation and the world right now. That climate change is caused by MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump. That uh, that we have the government that we can supposedly trust and just believe willy-nilly without any information or any other facts or any other backing. They're just the government. They're then the people of authoritas, so therefore we just have to go along with their mindset. Uh, we just have to go along with the fact that they tell us the economy is doing well, even though it's not. And now they're shock and awed that we're seeing a downgrade of the credit score for the United States that could hit the global market. Well, guess what? I think we deserve that, and we'll talk about that here in just a little bit as well. We are truly living and biblical times, or at least historical times, where this moment right now, relish in it, cherish it, absorb it, even with how frustrating and how ridiculous this time is, absorb it and soak it all in right now, because these moments right now will be marked in history and will be etched in history as some of the most bizarre times that we've ever gone through as a human species where lies have been promoted to such a degree that people just blindly follow them and that that people in power, people in authority, actually think that we will go along with it and blindly just listen and think that it's religi- uh, that it's uh, legitimate. And we know it's not. Common sense tells us it's not. Uh, no matter how many times they try to tell us there are multiple genders out there, we know the truth. And the more they say it, the more foolish that they actually look. And sure, they can win some people over, the ones that don't use their brains. But the rest of us recognize this. Right now, they are desperate to try and suppress certain people and certain things, one of them being Donald Trump, which, of course, I'm not going to spend the entire program on this, but uh, because, again, we're not going to figure out anything new. We know Donald Trump didn't incite violence. Donald Trump didn't incite any type of insurrection. Donald Trump hasn't done anything to try and uh, uh, stop or manipulate Congress or elected officials in any way, shape, or form. But... In the news, with four new indictments coming off against Donald Trump, 561 years of potential prison time, or what was it, like six different lifelong sentences for Donald Trump if he gets charged and if he gets confirmed with 
this uh, recent round of indictments saying that they could throw him in jail for six separate lifetimes apart just by this 45-page indictment with prosecutors going out with detailing their allegations that Trump pushed election officials to reject the results of the elections in their states while concocting a plot with several co-conspirators to fraudulently overturn the election despite knowing their claims of election fraud were absolutely false. This is now the new narrative. Now, I tell you this, not to make an endorsement of Donald Trump in any way, because, you know, we're going to see how things play out. It's really the voice of the American people and the Republican Party to decide who their candidate's going to be. As of right now, he's still leading with about a three-quarters of a percent Republican support. Now that's uh, kind of the opposite when it comes to just overall voters and independents and unaffiliated. But within the Republican Party itself, he's still very strong. But the Democrats and progressives have yet to learn their lesson. Because while they've tried to stamp out this guy for the last four, five, six years, while they've thrown charges at him, while they've thrown accusations at him, while they've tried to demonize him, none of it has been true. None of it stuck in any way, shape, or form. And in fact, every time they do it, more support, like most of the listeners here, most people, end up increasing their support and hardening their foundational defense for him to where Donald Trump can do no wrong. Now, that's not necessarily the best position to take either, but they continue to reaffirm that uh, pretty much now, whenever we hear something about what Donald Trump's doing, we start taking it with a grain of salt and automatically assume it's a lie moving forward. But these new charges are some of the most bogus, ridiculous accusations that we've ever seen. And in fact, even elected officials, former elected officials, say this is the most bizarre, ridiculous, absurd charges that they've ever seen in their entire life. Well, yeah, first of all, let me just say this. This is an extraordinary indictment. When I read it, I I thought I was reading a a New York Times op-ed or a political manifesto. You know, where's the beef? There is nothing in there that goes beyond opinion, talking, expressing things. And I'm not defending uh, President Trump because I think he did a lot of things that were ill-advised and and, and unwise, probably against his lawyer's advice. But this is, these these charges are conspiracy charges. That means there are other people involved. And I think there are six or seven lawyers that are uh, named as unnamed, or not named, but they are unnamed co-conspirators. And it it is alleging basically that Trump provided some sort of disinformation campaign that he knew that that the election was not stolen that there was no there was not enough fraud to have stolen the election and yet he went forward with all of these actions and and tried to get the election overturned in, in a lot of different ways but those charges are extraordinary they, they i don't think i've ever seen an indictment like this in my 40 plus years in this business so you know, it'd be interesting to see. I know he's got a favorable. He he does not have a favorable judge. He has an unfavorable judge. We'll see. I think this case could get thrown out if there, if it really were an objective, constitution adhering judge. You would see this case thrown out very early in the process. Now that was Chris Swecker. He's a former assistant FBI director. That was on Fox News earlier today. So this is where I'm telling you. This is why we live in historical moments right now. Absorb this. Mark this in your history books. Mark this in the back of your brain. These times right now, and this one especially, this why this indictment is so much different than some of the other ones, this is where the tire hits the road. This is where the gauntlet is dropped. This is where things are going to get very interesting. 
because all the other indictments, all the other charges, all the other accusations against Donald Trump have not worked. They've fallen through. They've been completely bogus and stupid and ridiculous. And they've uh, continued to just be shot down one after the other after the other. And that's why Trump still stands as he is today. But this is the one that's going to push it beyond that realm. This is the one that's either going to completely fall and crumble and it's going to blow up the other side or they're going to force its way through and they're going to finally find their way to prevent Trump from being a nominee to run for president and even have a chance of getting into the White House again and they're going to throw him in jail. They're going to do something so atrocious that it's going to cause the right side of the aisle to finally have enough and do something as well. This is going to be where the gauntlet fall. Mark my words, this will be the end-all be-all because they've thrown everything they possibly can at him and it hasn't worked, and they will find a way to remove Trump. Their whole goal before was just to throw more indictments at him and just keep him tied up in legal efforts as long as he possibly could for the legal exhaustion, so to speak, to where voters are just like, golly, there's so much drama, there's so much baggage, I can't deal with this, I'm going to go with a different candidate. And it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked yet. All the Republican supporters that were Trump supporters are still Trump supporters. Other ones are seeing it and they're like, wow, I don't really care for Trump, but that's really uncalled for for what they're doing. I'm going to start supporting the guy as well because obviously we have a corrupt judicial system. So instead of learning their lesson like a normal person would during their age of development, like the preteen Democrats are with their temper tantrums, they don't. They ramp up the heat. They continue on with the same agenda. They just intensify it even more. And trying to say that he could serve six different lifetimes in jail for an insurrection or all the other crap that they're charging him with that's not true and that's actually laughable. This is going to take it up a notch and either implode themselves or finally fire up the Republicans who have been holding back a lot over the past few years. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. You know what it feels like right now, honestly? With the way that one political party is abusing their power so badly, not just a political party, I'm saying even both, I guess, political parties in Washington, D.C., the elites, the establishment, the deep state, the higher-ups, the whatever you want to call them, the ones that are running this nation and so desperate to get back to the way things were prior to a Donald Trump administration, they will stop at no ends to end a political opponent through a corrupt judicial system when there are a vast number of them from that side themselves that should be imprisoned from some of these shenanigans that they're doing. The fact that we even tried to do such a simple, pathetic plea deal for Hunter Biden just over the last couple months has been pathetic, but yet they want to throw Trump into jail for six lifetime sentences. And again, you don't even have to like Donald Trump or want him to be president to be like, wow, that's a little messed up. It's a little crazy. What it feels like right now, honestly, anybody who see the Hunger Games? Like the begin, it's like, this is like right now, it's like the onset of the beginning of a movie. A movie about like a revolution, about ready to like start a whole new society, like fighting against the establishment kind of thing. Like it's weird right now in society, it feels like it's the opening credits of the movie where this is how it all started 
is the flashback of the one tyrannical side trying to silence the opposition and put people back into their place because they've tried to speak out a little bit too loudly and we're going to try to come after you in some way, shape, or form. And anybody that may put those three fingers up and do the whistle of the Mockingjay or whatever the hell it was in the Hunger Games, anybody that does that, we're going to have those peacekeepers come and destroy you and eliminate you right now. It's kind of that's weird. That's kind of how we feel right now. It's a very strange feeling that we have in society where uh, that's the mentality that we have, because right now with the charges that they have against Trump, they're also going after the six co-conspirators and the January 6th indictment against Donald Trump. Ah, yeah, a little strange. You want to know who those six individuals are? Well, anybody that's helped Donald Trump legally and tried to battle with the election stuff or with fraud or with uh, trying to keep him out of jail in some way, shape or form silencing anybody, not just him, but anybody that's gone with him, including Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, Sidney Powell, Jeffrey Clark, uh, Kenneth uh, Chesabro. I don't even know who that one is, uh, some uh, some attorney. And then co-conspirator number six is unknown. According to the indictment, they identify it as number six as a political candidate who helped to implement a plan to submit fraudulent slates of presidential electors to obstruct the certification proceedings. They stop at no ends is now they're going after just trying to silence. I'm telling you, this is like the beginning of when the movie actually starts for like the Hunger Games. Let's just silence anybody that's associated with. We will make sure that no one hears any conversation in any way, shape or form. It's a weird world we live in right now. And again, you don't even have to like Donald Trump to be like, you know, this is a little weird. This reminds me of the whole Hutchinson uh, a testimony that we heard in Congress. She's like, yeah, Donald Trump was in the back of a limo at the very back of it and then reached over, reached through the bulletproof glass, went for the clavicles of the Secret Service guy, grabbed the steering wheel of the of the motorcade, tried to drive it to the rally on January 6th. Like he totally like over the 70 year old plus dude overpowered Secret Service agents from the opposite end of an extended limo that was holding him and his family to, <laughs> to go to the rally and try and uh, try and go there to be with his supporters and try and cause the insurrection at the Capitol. He overpowered those Secret Service guys. And when we heard that, we're scratching around and said, wait, wait a second, what? Um, is that really true? Did that really did that really happen? Oh. Oh, and by the way, she didn't she wasn't even there to witness that she heard it third hand through somebody else who uh, apparently experienced that, who told somebody else, who then told it to her, who then told it to Congress under uh, uh, under oath, saying that that's what was really going on. That's the kind of garbage that we're starting to see. And most people with common sense are scratching their heads saying none of this makes sense in any way, shape or form. So I'm telling you, mark it in your books, put it in your memory bank, historical moments. Historical times are happening as we speak right now, and this could be the defining moment on what direction we go as a nation. When we come back, Allison Young will shift gears a little bit. We'll talk about COVID and future pandemics and a heck of a lot more right here on The Voice of Reason for a Wednesday. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a midweek celebration. We're just carpe dianisms all over this place. It's what we do, right? <laughs> Trying to cram that ten pounds of reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. 
Always appreciate you hanging out with us today. As we kind of wrap up that conversation that we've had, it's strange. I, I feel like that most people are getting this, but holy cow, man, they, it's just relentless. So we'll stay on top of it. But mark your history books. We live in some very strange times, and it's only about to get stranger as we go on. And we've always said that the truth always comes out in the end, right? After investigating, after, you know, as a kid, like when you try to lie or fib and then you try to cover it up with a bigger lie and then it just kind of gets out of hand and then the story doesn't quite go along the lines that you were hoping to and then you get busted. It's kind of how things are going right now, not just with the investigation on Donald Trump, not just with current events. Hey, the economy is great. Yeah, that's why no one can afford a mortgage right now. Yeah, because interest rates are so high. But doing great, buddy. Inflation's down to 3%. Yeah, compared to the 9% and 7% we've seen the past two years as well. So, again, well done. You can only lie so much before the truth comes out in the end. And that's what we're going to do here as we talk about another big issue in our What's Trending. What's Trending Today. As I am really happy to have and excited to have on the program today as we continue to see more information coming out from COVID. The prediction of how a... a a lab leak has led to some type of pandemic and what could happen in the future all over again. She's an award-winning investigative journalist. Her young, her, her latest book, Pandora's Gamble, Lab Leaks, Pandemics, and a World at Risk. Excited to have on the program, Allison Young. Allison, how are you today? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on here. Um, it seems like they've tried to cover up as much of this as possible and I'll never forget the conversations when Dr. Anthony Fauci was testifying to Congress and the uh, bouts between him and Senator Rand Paul, where Rand Paul would call him out for gain-of-function and funding gain-of-function and say what the definition of gain-of-function was, and then Anthony Fauci would say, nope, it's not true, and Senator, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a complete big, fat, lying liar. Uh, but the truth's starting to come out right now, isn't it? There has been a lot more information that has been coming out about the potential origins of COVID-19, as well as about the backstory of the conversations occurring among some of the world's elite scientists, including those at the National Institutes of Health, because journalists and others have been filing Freedom of Information Act lawsuits to force information into the public eye. Uh, so it, it's been an interesting time where we're not yet to an answer as to where COVID-19 came from, but, but bit by bit, more information is coming out. That is good news. I'm just going to speculate here and say it probably wasn't some type of Ozzy Osbourne style of someone biting the head off of a bat, correct? It probably was not. <laughs> I mean, there are two there are two leading theories for where COVID-19 came from. I mean, the reality is that um, when... When we operate in a world and human beings are encroaching upon wild places, we are encountering wild animals that harbor various diseases. And so most, most, the vast majority of the time, when, when a disease leaps from an animal to human, it happens for natural reasons. Okay, so that's the obvious way. What has been pretty extraordinary about the COVID-19 pandemic is that it is considered plausible that this pandemic came because of some sort of a lab accident. And that's pretty extraordinary. Um, But it is something that I have been reporting on for 15 years at a variety of news organizations ranging from USA Today to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. There are organizations that are not political, uh, groups like the Government Accountability Office, which is nonpartisan, that have warned for more than a decade that as we build more of these high-containment research facilities in the U.S. and all around the world, 
We are increasing the potential for a catastrophic lab accident to cause a pandemic. And so that's why this issue is so important. And it's so important for your listeners and others to really educate themselves on this topic, because whether or not COVID-19 came from a lab accident, this is an issue that we're going to be facing going forward into the future. Wow, that is a scary thought. Let's go back to the first option there. Like you said, transferring from animals to humans. I, I, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything about this. But how frequent does that actually happen of having some type of virus transfer from an animal to a human? Obviously, there's a higher risk of it if you're eating that animal and, you know, they have tumors or a virus or something weird, which is why we like conservation to make sure that animals are actually healthy. But how frequently does something like that actually happen? It happens, unfortunately, with, you know, troubling frequency. I mean, most of uh, many of the diseases that we are aware of um, have come from animals. So, for instance, right now, um, there is great concern about avian influenza, bird flu. Um, and, and your listeners may have heard reports and seen the pictures of whether it's sea lions or ferrets or seabirds who are dying from this avian influenza. That H5N1 avian influenza is, has primarily been a disease of birds for a very long time. And occasionally poultry workers and people who have worked in really close contact with birds through inhaling you know, the, the, the dust and the droppings and whatever, they have been infected. But it has luckily not become something that has spread readily between humans. But we are seeing a very concerning trend where this, what was originally sort of a bird virus, is increasingly infecting mammals. Humans are mammals. And so it's something that we're watching closely. So that's a good example that's in the news right now of something that scientists are concerned about, of a natural sort of origin of um, where a next pandemic could come from. Sure. And how do those actually get transferred? Is it, like you said, is it just eating it and just the transfer of uh, the genetics by eating that said animal? Or is it just being in close vicinity to them and having, you know, a bird or a dog sneeze on us and us being able to inhale that and have that virus come in? It, it can it can just be from being in close proximity of you know it depends on the organism but for instance inhaling dust I mean there are are various um, diseases that can be transmitted by by droppings of rodents um, and if you're sweeping up in an area um, and there's urine and and droppings from rodents that's some one of the ways that you can become infected so there are a variety of ways but often it's it's through close contact. Interesting. Let's talk about the second option here, which is the gain of function, which is having uh, labs actually studying these things, trying to make them more powerful and enhance. Is this the direction, according to what we found out and is more information starting to come out from the NIH and the FDA and the USDA and everybody else, is that the direction we're starting to lean towards when it comes to the releasing of the COVID-19 virus? So there are several ways that a lab accident or lab, some sort of a lab origin could have occurred with COVID-19. Gain of function is one of those things. That's a kind of experiment that makes um, pathogens uh, more dangerous in a variety of ways, maybe more easy to transmit um, or maybe transmissible in other species. Um, but there are other ways that go beyond gain of function that, that a lab could have played a role with COVID-19 as part of sort of the larger lab hypothesis. And that includes everything from um, you have 
um, the, the lab that is is primarily the focus of the lab hypothesis is a lab in Wuhan called the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Um, they are uh, one of the world's largest repositories of bat samples, and these kinds of coronaviruses are are associated with bats. Um, and and so one of the ways that that you could have um, the pandemic potentially starting is where a, a scientific worker is going to bat caves and collecting the bat guano, the droppings from bats, um, and taking samples from bats. And they don't use enough personal protection, and they become infected themselves and then transmit it to someone else. It could be that in the lab, they were doing what's called serial passaging. It's that they're doing experiments where they're repeatedly um, running the, the virus through, um, through cells or through animals in experiments so that it, it mutates. It's possible that something like that could have caused a worker to become infected. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the, things about how lab leaks, so to speak, occur is that you you're you're concerned about the worker becoming workers becoming infected with their experiments. And that has happened a number of times in history. And one of the things that has been so um, difficult in stopping the spread of COVID-19 in in the early part of this pandemic is that this particular virus was capable of spreading when people were not showing symptoms. And so if you're someone who is working in a lab, you potentially become infected, you may not know that you're infected and you go home and you you share, you know, you, you infect potentially a family member or people you encounter in, in your life, and you wouldn't necessarily know that you had it. In addition, the symptoms of COVID-19 um, for for many people are pretty nonspecific. They're like a common cold or they're they're like the flu, except for those people who become very, very ill. So it's it's one of those things where there are a variety of ways it a lab could have played a role under the lab hypothesis. Um, and it's not just the true sort of engineering that is involved with gain of function research. Sure. It's a very scary thought. It's a, it's, it's wild to think, uh, like you said, exactly what they're doing in some of these labs. It uh, reminds me of, I don't want to, you know, see the future of turning into a walking dead scenario moving forward because of uh, some of the stuff that they're doing here. We're talking with Allison Young. Pandora's Gamble is the book, Lab Leaks, Pandemics, and a World at Risk. Allison, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? I sure can. Fantastic. I want to continue this conversation and ask the $480,000 question is, why keep it a secret if that's the way that it came out? And why try to spread some false narrative early on on this pandemic? We'll do that when we come back here on a Wednesday for The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Reason, common sense, rationale. That's what we're about here on the program. Trying to get down to the truth of the matter, which is a very difficult thing to do in today's times with all that fake news running out there from the mainstream media. You are fake news. But we do what we can in the best way we can do it. Right now we're hanging out with Allison Young, author of the book Pandora's Gamble, Lab Leaks, Pandemics, and a World at Risk as we talk about the truth of where the COVID-19 virus came from, where the pandemic came from, and why, oh, why would we silence this? Which, this is the big question, Allison, the $480,000 question. And I say that being the salary of the highest paid government official prior as the head of the NIH, Dr. Anthony Fauci, by saying, no, no, don't even talk about the Wuhan lab. In fact, we had social media silence anybody who even thought or questioned anything about it coming out of a Wuhan lab in China. Uh, but the fact that it was coming from some bat market or something in China and went from there, if it came out of this lab, why keep it a secret? Why not just say, you know what, we were working with this lab to try and figure out what this virus could potentially do. It got out, and here's what we know about it, and here's how we can handle it because we've been researching this thing. Why try to suppress this information? You know, there has been... Um, a real sort of battle over the narrative of where COVID-19 came from, um, from the very beginning. And, and there is plenty of blame to go around on that. Some of it is just simply because, really, we don't know where COVID-19 came from. But there has, have been elements of the scientific community uh, that have said one thing publicly um, and have ultimately led to from from the earliest days of the pandemic, the the concept of a lab accident hypothesis being branded as conspiracy theory, um, and um, but meanwhile privately um, discussing and taking very seriously that a lab could have been involved in the accidental release of this virus, um, either a virus that was engineered or potentially lab manipulated or that was simply a naturally collected virus that was somehow uh, mistakenly released. Um, the, you know, the issue of, of whether the, the, how much this has been suppressed is, I don't, I think that it is hard to say that it is any one individual. Um, I know that, that there's a lot of blame that has been shifted toward um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who used to head the National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases at NIH, um, and he has been clearly a point person on, on all of this. Um, but there is a larger issue here, which as, as someone who's a journalism professor at uh, the University of Missouri, I will also say that the news media um, bears bears some blame in how this was characterized. Um, too too quickly, the news media um, labeled it as a conspiracy theory without adequately raising questions about how do we really know these things and who's saying what and looking into some of those who were being charged with investigating um, where COVID-19 came from, including um, the head of the EcoHealth Alliance, um, which is a research partner um, and was the group that received funding from the National Institutes of Health and um, was ultimately on the WHO panel that initially completely ruled out the lab accident hypothesis. And part of the whole reason that I wrote Pandora's Gamble, and I wrote it in a way that's more sort of, it's not a scientific book per se, it's really sort of helping people understand these larger issues 
is going into detail about some of what was being said privately by scientists versus what they were saying publicly. And I think that's something that's really important for the public to realize. Yeah, that is very important. Allison, we got just about 45 seconds here as we start wrapping things up. But uh, but the last question for you is knowing what we would know now, and if it did come out of a lab or the labs that do this type of stuff, do you predict another type of accidental release of a virus in the future? And do we see another potential pandemic like we saw with COVID? Experts say that we should expect future epidemics and pandemics. Um, I mean, it is the way of the world. And, and, and there is a growing risk, experts say, that we will have um, a, a lab-created outbreak um, if we don't address biosafety and biosecurity in these facilities. That's a scary thought, scary thought, and hopefully we learned some lessons from this last one and we know how to move forward if, God forbid, that happens again. Uh, there are so many more directions, so many more questions I'd love to talk to you about. It's Allison Young, Pandora's Gamble, Lab Leaks, Pandemics, and A World at Risk. Go check it out on Amazon other places as well. Allison, we got to get you back on the show and do it again real soon. What do you say? I'd love to. Thank you. Hey, appreciate it very much. Great information, and we'll definitely do this one again soon as well. That does it for us today. Be that catalyst for change in your own community. Let's get this information out there and try and change the world back to some, I don't know, reasonable conversations. Until then, it's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.